Welcome back to the Teach Christian Podcast, and today what we're going to be talking about um, is staying connected to Christ. So if I were to ask you, how many of you charge your phone at night? Most of us raise our hands, right? We always want to make sure our phone's charged. But how many of you all charge your phone multiple times throughout the day? Because maybe the battery starts getting low or whatever. Why do we charge our phone? And we charge our phone because if the battery is dead, it doesn't work. You can't connect to Wi-Fi, you can't browse social media, you can't text, you can't call, you can't even check the time, it just doesn't power on. Well, Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And so Jesus wants us to remain connected to him. And if you had two branches sitting there in front of you, one is connected to the tree, it's growing, it's healthy, it's, it's vibrant, it's still connected to the tree. But if you have another one that's broken off and it's laying beside the tree and it's disconnected, it's withering away and dying. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Our relationship with Christ is like our phone or it's like those branches. To remain healthy or to be able to be used, you have to remain connected to the branch or to your power source. We have to remain connected to Christ. And Jesus gave us a promise in verse 5. He says where he says, those who remain in me and I in them will do what? They're going to produce much fruit. Does that mean you're going to start walking around with grapes and apples and oranges popping out of your body? No. It's talking about spiritual fruit. We read over in Galatians 5, and 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no longing to these things. I, you know, we used to sing the song in our chapel that's the fruits of the Spirit. And it talks about it in, in our younger chapel, usually up to about fifth grade. And they sit there and they say the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. It's not a banana. It's not a cherry. And it, then it goes through the, all the fruits of the Spirit. I wanted to, to use that song just to get them to memorize what the fruits of the Spirit are. Because the fruits of the Spirit are the character a Christian person should display. And Christian people should be loving. They should be joyful. They should be peaceful. They should be patient. They should be kind and good and faithful and gentle and have self-control. But we think that's something that we have to do inwardly, that we have to make a change inside of ourselves and let those things come out because of what our own effort is. And that's not what it is. We think we have to wake up every day and say, okay, I'm going to have a lot of joy today. And then we come to, to school or we go to work and we, we encounter one person and all of a sudden our day is shot because we've been trying to do it in our own strength. But all of those things, the fruits of the Spirit, they flow from a relationship with Christ. And it becomes more evident in our life by having a closer relationship with Jesus. But how? So i got three things I want to I'll just mention to you uh, as to how I have a better connection with Jesus. So the first thing is have an active prayer life. That's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Bring everything to God in prayer. It doesn't matter how silly it is. You know, we used to, when I used to do youth ministry, we would take prayer requests. And we would ask kids for prayer requests. And they would, one kid actually prayed that he was going to hunt. He wanted to shoot a deer. And we prayed for it. When we started the school, uh, Grace Bible Academy, we used to, we had four kids, so we would take individual prayer requests for the kids every day. And so we would ask them for prayer requests. And one of the things that my daughter prayed for was for a black chewini, a chihuahua dachshund mix. We have a black chewini in our house that's named Apollo. He's one of our dogs. She also prayed for a cat. I'm horribly allergic to cats. They they really bother me. She prayed for this cat. This cat showed up at my parents' house. And this cat is in my house right now walking around and lays on top of me all the time. She doesn't bother me. 
You know, God will give us the desires of our heart if we ask him. We even had a kid that we used to pray for a minion. He would pray for, you know, from uh, Despicable Me. He'd pray for a minion, those little yellow things. It, we didn't think a, a real minion was going to come to life. But my dad called me one night and said, I got a shipment of like 75 stuffed minions. Do you know anybody that wants one? God will answer our prayers. But we have to have the confidence to come to him in prayer. But we also have to be thankful with thanksgiving. And it gives us a promise. The peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, is going to guard our heart and minds. Be open and be honest with God. You think he can't handle hearing what you have to say? He already knows that you're thinking it. So come to him openly and honestly, but also reverently. And remember, I'm a communications, I have a bachelor's degree in communication studies. Communication goes both ways. Conversations go two ways. You talk and then you listen. So you have to listen for what he says back to you. Don't just dump it all at his feet and not listen to what his response is. He's going to give you a response. He will tell you something. Um, he'll answer the request you have for him. Here's the second thing. You have to stay active in church. This is Hebrews 10.25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't take it for granted that you get to go to church or Sunday school or wherever you worship with others. Hebrews 10 tells you it's for your encouragement, for you to be encouraged, but also for you to encourage others. And remember, you get out of something what you put into it. So church is not a consumer event. It's not for us to go and absorb the music and absorb, absorb the preacher. But you want to be an active participant in church. You know, put your phone away. Put that thing out of your mind. Don't think about that. Don't think about what you got to do afterwards. Be present. Be just in the moment there. And if you're tempted to, to maybe even use your phone at church or you're worried somebody's going to text you, you're going to hear it vibrate or whatever, and even if you have it on silent, do what Jesus taught when he taught radical amputation in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, if he told the thief, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye sends against you, pluck it out. So if it's your phone, leave it at home. Don't bring it. If it's somebody that, you know, it's distracting as you sit around and don't sit next to them. Find somewhere else to sit. When you come to church, it's a great place to, to have conversations and have fun and all this kind of stuff. But it's also time for us to be about God's business and be about it. Be ready to hear what he's saying to you. Here's the third thing. Spend time reading your Bible. This is Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is not so you can check it off your to-do list and say, man, I read my Bible, cha-ching, click. We got that one taken care of. But because of what Romans 10, 17 is saying to you, your faith comes by hearing and your hearing comes by the word of God. So reading his word will increase your faith and enable you to hear what he's saying to you. So spending time in the word is, is absolutely important. And so there's a study that you may have taken or read through or taken or anything else. It's called Experiencing Gods by Henry Blackaby. It's a tremendous study. If you've not done it, go on Lifeway. You can find the book there. It's it's fantastic. It's a great small group study. But Blackaby in this in the study says that God speaks in four ways today. It's not by this big booming voice like it is in the Old Testament where you can actually verbally hear God speak. Here's the four ways he says that God speaks to us. First is by prayer. Second is by reading the Bible. Third, through the church. And lastly, through our circumstances. And listen, and go back and listen to the things I just told you. I showed you scripture that backed it up. Three of those four things we just highlighted. These are all opportunities for God to speak to us. If we want to live the way God wants us to live, we have to stay connected to him. We have to remain connected to our power source so they can energize us and use us the way he wants to use. I hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back next time here on Teach Christian. Thank you all.